0: Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CDS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will and I'm your host. It is Friday, August the 6th, and we had some football last night. If you want the recap of that, make sure to check in the feed, Steelers and Cowboys. All the excitement of the Hall of Fame game discussed separately. Today, though, we are going to do a news and notes from the week update. By the way, today's podcast. Oh, yeah. It's presented by Bud Light. Share a Bud Light with us as you listen along. Head to BudLight.com slash delivery to order your Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com again, BudLight.com slash delivery. You can see it. You can, I don't know if you can click it, but you can see it on our YouTube. Um, youtube.com slash pick six. But if you go to BudLight.com slash delivery, it automatically redirects you to this, uh, this landing page where there's multiple vendors that will send you Bud Light highly recommend. So go to budlight.com slash delivery and check it out. Joining me to break down the news while uh noted vacation shamer Ryan Wilson is on vacation in the middle of the preseason, is uh vacation shamee John Breach. What's up, buddy?
1: Right. And I would actually I really want to make fun of Wilson, but I'm not going to because I'm going to be all on vaca-
0: things circulating. I'll
1: it's- be out on vacation next week and yeah. then the tides will be turned. And we all know Wilson. Just any chance he has to make fun of me, he jumps at it. So I'm not going to give him that chance.
0: Am I dropping the ball by not taking a preseason vacation here?
1: I mean, yes. The yeah, season starts. Season starts. You're walked in, Brinson. You can't go anywhere. That's a good point.
0: Certainly you are dropping the ball. you go to Cancun in the middle. I, of
1: the- I, I, sh- I mean, you can do that. It's possible. <laughs> me and Wilson are going to be shaming you for not taking a vacation. I'm going to just go down to Pinehurst for the weekend or something.
0: Anyway, my wife will like that. Uh, so, yeah, check out the Hall of Fame game recap in the feed you can listen to the mailbag that will be uh, coming up on monday as usual it'll be with just me and breach again wilson slacks a on vacation let's get to the news and the notes and we start with uh what i assume debo has included in here is the most important news item of the week in a tongue-in-cheek method philip rivers Oh my goodness! Sound the alarm. Philip Rivers told Sam Farmer of the L.A. Times that he hadn't has not ruled out coming back to play for an NFL team. The quote: "I'm just going to stay ready. I want to make sure I'm very clear. I'm not predicting I'll play in December or January, for that matter. One, you've got to have somebody who wants you, and two, it's got to be right. But I have not completely ruled that out. Um, I obviously, breached this uh, sent shockwaves through the Brinson household." um certainly was a big news item it, it at the casa de brinson i think it's worth noting phil's not saying philip is not saying he's coming back to play football that's how a lot of people took it people took it as oh rivers is uh, carson Wentz is hurt rivers is coming to steal his job like no that's not what he's doing what he's saying is that he's going to coach out the season of high school football and then if let's say hypothetically like tom brady this this seems like wrong to to say, but like Tom Brady, the Buccaneers are tended and to and Tom Brady
1: tears his ACL. I mean, you got to use a realistic hypothetical. Tom Brady hasn't been hurt in 12 years. But when he tore his ACL. But it's 12 years ago.
0: OK, so who give me a who played a Josh season Allen. with a
1: torn MCL at 44. Brady would just say, screw it. I'm going to play the rest of the year with my torn ACL. It's true. All right. So Josh Allen
0: or, or, or uh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't. I don't want to. I'm not trying to wish. I, I'm trying to. I know. I know. It's like it would have to be a contender. You don't to play the hypothetical injury game. Who loses? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to talk about injuries. I don't too. want to jinx anyone. Right. Um. You know, it, it, an injury to a, a key quarterback on a team that has a, a winning record and has Super Bowl aspirations, and a coach who might be willing to think outside the box and say, you know what? Sure, Philip Rivers hasn't played football in 40 weeks, but. This is a veteran guy who can come in and is going to be better than whoever our backup was.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, Brinson, let me just say that when this news came out on Tuesday, I sat by my phone for three hours waiting for you to text saying emergency podcast. We need to talk Phillip Rivers right now. So I don't know what Brinson was doing, but apparently it had to be important because it was more important than him podcasting about his favorite NFL player in the history of football, Phillip Rivers. Now that being said, the example I would have used is someone who already got injured. Let's say last year, the Bengals had been a playoff contender in November. They lost their starting quarterback, Joe Burrow. That's a situation where the coach calls Phillip rivers and says, Hey man, we need you. I think we got a playoff team here, but we need a quarterback. And so like Princeton said, the timeline, uh, he's coaching that high school team in Alabama, which isn't too far from where I am in Nashville. Mm. Uh, Maybe right. I'll, go down. Yeah, great example. I'll go down and catch a few games. Uh, but so that season goes to October 29th. And so assuming they don't make the playoffs, you're looking at, you know, week eight, week nine right there. But then if they make the playoffs, now you're not looking till late November. Um, So we see it every year though we see players get injured. We see quarterbacks get injured and there's no plan B that late in the season, especially after the trade deadline. You're just kind of stuck with what you have because it's not like there's any stud free agents out there in November. So I actually think this is a good thing. I think every single NFL coach is going to get Phillip Rivers cell number in their cell phone and be like, all right, if anything happens, we're going to call this guy because this is probably the best quarterback that's ever been available you know, that late in the season. And you talk about him in that 40 week layoff by that point, Brenton, but Hey, look, Trey Lance seems to be doing okay in San Francisco. And he has not played in a regular, a college game, any type of game in a a year and a half.
0: Yeah. He looks, he looks awesome out there. I would expect that Phillip rivers does not come back and play. I don't think it's out of the question though. If what's your percentage? Uh, 15%. I'm going to say 60. Oh,
1: I think he comes back.
0: Well, I mean, I just think it has to be a. Again, so it's like the. Like Tua gets hurt. Tua hurts his hip. in and, and the Dolphins are an eight win team. You know, they're eight and four or whatever. Are they going to Jacoby or do they take Phillip Rivers in? Whew. I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, Rivers is better than Jacoby. He started ahead of him last year. In but
1: Jacoby knows the offense yeah, better that's at that name. point. I mean,
0: I think you would need. You it just needs, as as River said. It, we, I was. Right, here's the other thing. I was. Well, is,
1: well, I think the backup quarterback situation is important because, in, in something like that, you might think about going to Jacoby because. He knows the offense. He's not that much of a downgrade from Rivers. But look at a team like the Titans, where you have Ryan Tannehill. If Tannehill goes down, are you going to Logan Woodside, Deshaun Kaiser, or they just signed Matt
0: Barkley on Thursday? Are you going to one of those guys, or you call Philip Rivers? Titans are a team that make a ton of sense. You call Philip Rivers. Titans. I mean, I just think people took it as he wants. He's or the Rams. How about the Rams? Yeah. Matthew Stafford goes down, you know, are you rolling? Would you rather have John Walford, who you have started in a playoff game, or would you rather have Philip Rivers? I think and how
1: much start. would Rivers love to go back to L.A. and just, you know, win where the Chargers are, win a Super Bowl in L.A. while the Chargers are there watching? I
0: mean, how about the Cowboys? If something happened to Dak again?
1: Yeah. I mean, Everybody you can only been. Cooper Rush, Garrett Gilbert, that you know, I, I probably take Philip Rivers over gets,
0: those two. If Sam Darnold gets hurt, and the Panthers are above five hundred. That would make sense too, ge- like ge- geographically not far away. Um, PJ Walker and Will Greer are your next best backups. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna go. I don't think he's gonna come back and play for a team that stinks.
1: Oh no, not at all. That'd be a waste I, of time.
0: I was on. Uh, I was on with uh, the Darren Smith Show in San Diego. Um, on uh, my, on two, on Wednesday afternoon, and Darren and I were talking about this. And Darren, you know, I, Darren's a good friend and great, great radio host, but he knows that I'm a you know a Rivers guy. We've you know talked about this for years, and he's you know he said he made a good point. He's like, this is not a very Philip Rivers thing to do, is to put yourself in the conversation down the road before the conversation's even being had. You know what I mean? Like like putting yourself in the news unnecessarily. When you could have sort of leaked that out through back channels and like let teams know, you know, hey, look, if this – you know, tell your tell your agent, you know, let let them know. Hey, Who's his agent? Is it David? I think it's David Dunn, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, you know, you could have your agent say stuff through back channels to teams. Hey, look, you know, if if this happens, I'd be interested. Or maybe Seahawks are a good example. You're going with Geno Smith or, or Phillip Rivers?
1: Maybe. I don't know about that offense. If Phillip Rivers is going to survive in Seattle. Okay, Um, Uh, but 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 to that point, that's why I feel sixty percent. I don't think I don't think Rivers comes out and says this out of his own mouth unless he actually wants to come back and he's just giving teams a heads up so they can plan for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, just look around; it's not hard to find teams. Yeah, I I I mean, so anyway, Darren Smith and I were talking about this, and the other thing he said, he's like, you know what, I don't want to see, and this this made me kind of nauseous and cringed. Like Philip rivers in silver and black playing for a seven and eight Raiders team. I don't need that. Don't want it. Don't need it. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Um, you know what? That's the one team that I,
1: I think they would go with Mariota over Rivers. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, Brinson, that would, I feel like your head would explode. If Philip rivers and Derek Carr were on the same team. What about the Steelers? you yeah. like, Phillip rivers and Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. You're taking rivers, right? Eh, Ask me, ask me after three preseason games. When I get three preseason games of Rudolph and Haskins, (laughs) Because again, rivers has to go in there and learn the the offense. Here's a weird one for you. The chargers. (laughs) Chargers. That would be hilarious. (sighs) I mean, that one's possible. That's not completely out of the realm of possibility. It's a new coaching staff. I don't think Rivers would do it because of the way things it went down. Um, but the coaching staff would be like the other guys, they didn't know what they were doing. They're way better than Chase Daniel or Easton it, Stick.
0: Easton the Colts, Stick? The Colts have to be in the conversation too. If the Colts are if the Colts come out and win some games with Jacob Easton and then Wentz's, you know, Wentz's foot is a problem and he can't get right. Well, I'm surprised we waited
1: this long to mention the Colts because I mean, this timing by Philip Rivers cannot be a coincidence. You hear that Carson Wentz is out five to twelve weeks. Less than twenty four hours later, Philip Rivers is like, "Hey guys,
0: I'm here. I, I can play this season if you want." I sort of feel like, I, I feel like I'd like to see a video or hear the audio of the conversation with Rivers and Sam Farmer. And like Sam, Sam is a great. Been doing this as long. I think Sam is he going to the Hall of Fame this year? Is he in the Hall of Fame? Sam. Anyway, Sam is Sam is a Sam is was in LA for a long. Has been in LA for a long time. I think he has a really good relationship with Philip Rivers. I don't think Philip Rivers said this. In a way to like undermine Carson Wentz, I don't think that's what that is, right? No, you're not
1: undermining Carson Wentz, you're telling Frank right him, You're but- just saying, Look, I'm here, and if for some reason that five to 12 weeks is going to be turns into 14 weeks or uh, that foot looks like trouble, call me. Just call me. Is this a
0: is this a Rivers? Is like what was the what's the movie where um, or no, it's a Seinfeld, it's a Seinfeld episode where, where you know where Jerry and Elaine do the, you know, they have the the couple, the couple's uh, getting divorced and Jerry wants to date the wife and uh, Elaine wants to date the husband and they decide to do the, we're here for you. <laughs> like Rivers just, he looks at the Colts he's like, I'm here for you. I'm here. I'm not here. I'm just here for you. Maybe that's what he's doing. The Colts had bigger problems though. Because Carson Wentz, Not the biggest injury that they're dealing with, although they are dealing with an identical injury, which is very odd. Quentin Nelson, who is also out for five to 12 weeks with a foot the exact same foot injury that Carson Wentz is dealing with. And uh, let's just dive right in. Here's my ice cold take presented by Bud Light. Quentin Nelson. Is way 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 harder to replace than Carson Wentz. That's right. A guard, an offensive lineman, is more difficult to replace than a quarterback. I am not saying that a quarterback, that an offensive lineman is more important to a team than a quarterback. That's that's key here. I'm saying that right now, in August, early August of 2021, in the preseason, that it is far easier through signing somebody through trading for somebody with the available candidates like Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo. um, I guess you're not trading for Deshaun Watson, but you get the point. Uh, It is far easier to replace what Carson Wentz will bring to a team. And out of respect for Debo and and because Carson Wentz is injured and because too many of these takes have involved Carson Wentz, I'm not going to say bottom five quarterback production. I'm going to say average to below average quarterback production. Somewhere in that average range. You can find that on the market. You know what you can't find on the market right now? The number one, the best lineman in football, the number one guard, the guy who, according to pro football focus, had more war, wins above replacement than any other lineman in professional football. Do you know what wins above replacement is Breach? It means it's easier. It's hard to replace it. You can't replace the guy with the highest war. You can replace Carson Wentz easier than you can replace Quentin Nelson. And that is my ice cold take presented by Bud Light.
1: That is, uh, I agree with it, Princeton. You know, I don't what? agree with all of your ice cold takes. I think some of them are a little warm. You know, you don't, nobody wants a warm beer, but that one I do agree with. And and look, when you look at the Colts this year, let's say Carson Wentz was healthy. You look at that roster, and I think a reason people felt like they could be a contender for even the AFC title. Look, the Colts are going to be my dark horse to go to the Super Bowl. I was flip-flopping thinking about p- making them my Super Bowl pick. And a big reason is, We know their defense is good, and then you look at their offense. If Carson Wentz played competent football, uh, which he still might because we don't know how long he's going to be out, but then their offensive line has been really, really good, and the only position they were going to have to kind of figure out this year was going to be left tackle. And so that's your only spot, but you don't worry a ton about it because you had Quentin Nelson, your all-pro guard at left guard. And so you, th- that side of the line automatically is not going to be a disaster because Quentin Nelson is there. Now all of a sudden Quentin Nelson might not be there. Uh, you have Eric Fisher who who got injured last year with the chiefs is now maybe going to be your left tackle. You have a backup left guard in there. And all of a sudden your whole left side could be a disaster. And so that t- totally changes the complexity of maybe what you're going to do on offense. Um, I do know that Quentin Nelson went on Instagram this week and he used cuss words and he said he is going to be back do his best to be back in week one. And so he can, but also which, which, you know, obviously the Colts need, but how do you feel if you're the Colts or, or just a Colts fan or really anyone alive about Carson Wentz, if these guys, they've been pushing it, the, they have the exact same injury, as you mentioned, Brinson, if Quentin Nelson comes back after like five weeks and Carson Wentz comes back after like 12 weeks, I mean, doesn't that, that makes Carson look bad, right?
0: Yeah, it's well, so it's, so here's the, uh, Frank Wright talked to Tom Pellicero of ESP, excuse me, Tom, of NFL Network, NFL Media, and said that the way that this works, according to the doctors who are dealing with the situation, is that after the surgery, and I believe Quentin's already had his, I know Carson's yeah, Yeah, he had the day after uh, Carson. Monday and Tuesday, this is Friday's podcast, Monday and Tuesday, both those guys had had their surgery. And the way it works is there's two weeks of rest, at which point you do nothing. Like there's no activity whatsoever for two weeks. Then there's two weeks of rehab and you can essentially tell this is Frank, Wright. What Frank Reich said, you can essentially tell in the first two or three days, I think of rehab of that rehab process, how the foot is going to respond. And so the injury and the, the, the person who's dealing with the injury and how they deal with the injury dictates the timeline. It's not that this is, that's why the five to 12 weeks is so weird because you could get, get two days into it, and Carson Wentz feels great, and, it's, and, he's, and, he's, and he's rehabbing in a fantastic fashion, and it's a five-week injury. You get in, there's a setback, he's not, going, he's not dealing well with it, and there's a 12-week injury. Now, this is why, Breach, to your point, it's problematic because it is an individual response to the injury. And if Quentin Nelson responds well and Carson Wentz doesn't, it's almost too obvious how this is going to play out. He and the Colts are going to, Frank Wright used the word aggressive too, which you don't like to hear. They are going to aggressively push him back, and that's how you really aggravate this this injury. And so I would be concerned if I was a Colts fan that Quentin Nelson could come back quicker, and that would push Carson Wentz to rush things a bit. You're muted, by the way. You're still muted. Let's try that again.
1: That piles on Carson's <laughs> reputation. Correct. Uh, correct. Everyone thinks, hey, this guy's a wuss. He always gets injured. And, uh, you know, that." so that's not good for him, which isn't great because he has no control over it. He's going to rehab as he rehabs, and he's not going to be in a race with Quentin Nelson, Nelson to get back first. But one thing you said about the two-week timeline uh, is interesting because if they know by the third or fourth day, after that two, you know, into rehab after that initial two week recovery from surgery, what how long these guys are going to be out. So you're looking at August 23rd or 24th where the Colts should have a good idea. Hey, this guy might be available in week one might be available in week two. Cause if you get to that point with Carson Wentz and it looks like he's got another two months and he's going to be out till October. Then I think at that point, you have to think about trading for a quarterback. uh Even though, you know, Frank Reich has said, we're not trading for a quarterback right now. That's not on the table.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it does make sense that you would approach it in the way that they're approaching it where you want to let this thing play out before you, you know, try and, you know, you don't want to go out and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and then Carson Wentz is ready for week one. You need to let the two weeks play out and see how things see how things progress from there, I think, before you can really make a decision about how exactly you plan on, on handling uh, the injury response. So, summer's here. That means only one thing. It's time to stock the coolers and start counting out the days until we're to enjoy an ice-cold Bud Light in an NFL stadium again. By our count, only 34 days remain until we can hear a beer vendor yelling, Bud Light! Ice-cold Bud Light! To help you take summer by the coolers and get ready to tailgate, Bud Light is giving away coolers every day, all summer long. That's right. Free coolers all summer long. Throw away that dusty old ice box you got in the back of your garage and tailgate in style this fall and all you have to do for a chance to win one of these amazing coolers. They are giant. They are bear proof. They are big and blue and they keep ice cold for 9 days with I think it's rope handles on the side. Go to budlightlegends.com. Again, that's budlightlegends.com for your chance to win a free cooler. Oh, boy, from the Colts to the former Colts offensive coordinator, now the rock, paper, and scissors maestro in Philadelphia, he said, Nick Sirianni, that is, said, he is not ready to name Jalen Hurts his starter. There's no rush there on having to do that. We just want him to continue to impress and show like he has. We're just not there yet. What should we read into Nick Sirianni refusing to name Jalen Hurts the starter breach?
1: This is interesting. I do feel like you've got a a young guy who's coming into training camp. You know, you want to give him some confidence. So if you do Uh that, you just come out and say, all right, man, you're QB one. That's it. End of discussion. We're going to give you all the first team reps. You're getting all the first team reps in the preseason games. But now just leaving it out there, you know, there's been some speculation that maybe the Eagles would trade for Deshaun Watson. And so if I'm Jalen Hurts – having that in the, I don't think having that in the back of your mind is great for, uh, you know, a young player trying to get better, trying to learn an offense, uh, you know, and trying to be the the franchise quarterback for the Eagles. So, you know, this is a situation where if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm not playing mind game. So if he genuinely doesn't feel like he's ready to name Jalen Hurts, the starting quarterback, because maybe Joe Flacco is going to steal the job, or maybe because he knows Howie Roseman's trying to get to Sean Watson. That's one thing. But if he's, sure that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter in week one. I think you need to say, yeah, this guy's probably our starter unless he blows it. But, you know, again, what if he throws three interceptions in week one of the preseason? Then Sirianni looks smart for not. uh, So maybe it works right now. But I think you've got to come out and support him within the next week or two.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Is there a chance... Um, that he is doing this because the Eagles would be interested in another quarterback?
1: I mean, that's eh,
0: doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. I mean, the Eagles have been rumored as a team that would be interested in trading for Deshaun Watson. And uh, as our pal, friend of the podcast, Chris Trapasso, tweeted out, he heard that talks are, heat, quote, heating up. Uh Traps had uh, Mike Florio. <laughs> Uh, fire back at him and say that is not the case. Um, And, you know, look, it's there's been plenty of smoke around Deshaun Watson being traded. I think part of the problem is, you know, as as I've sort of been told, is that it's just not nothing's happening until this legal stuff is cleared up. And so that, you know, I mean, that 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 sort of dictates any possible move. I don't think you can trade for Deshaun Watson until you know what's happening. Right. Unless you're. You know, unless you're like the Panthers and you trade for Deshaun Watson, but don't trade Sam Darnold back. I don't know. It's I I don't know. Actually, I take that. Nobody can do it. Right. I mean, nobody can do that. I I think that
1: if the Eagles are trying to get him Deshaun Watson, despite what's going on right now, it's probably because they're trying to buy low. You know, hey, look. He's got an ugly legal situation right now, and this is all we're going to give you. And so... But again, it does it messes I mean, Nick Sirianni actually got asked about this on Thursday uh if the possibility of another quarterback coming to Philly might be affecting Jalen Hurts and Watson was not mentioned by name in that question but it was obviously alluding to Deshaun Watson and Sirianni said, quote, the distractions are different for everybody, they are different for everybody. Some are Distracted. I won't get into that. Everybody's distractions are different. Everybody's going through something different. Hmm. So it's kind of a weird answer. Actions are different. I mean, that is a weird answer. And then he ended with classic coach speak of what we are doing to get better every day. And what are we willing to eliminate from our life that is not allowing us to accomplish that goal. So, you know, ignore the distractions. You want to get rid of that stuff that you might send your mind somewhere else. And, not make you give one hundred percent and get better. So it, it's just weird how he answered that question. It's weird how he's treating this. It just feels like the Eagles are not completely sold on Jalen Hurts. What is it? here? What is right? optimistic, I,
2: optimistic, optimistic Eagles fan. Oh, hopping in. Uh, if there's
0: one thing I'm not, uh, Eagles can't jump in without being asked. Right. right.
2: If if there's something I'm not concerned about with Jalen Hurts is his confidence. Now I. I'm concerned about how he is as an actual quarterback on the field, but he's been through a lot of adversity and overcome a lot, going back to Bama, going to Oklahoma, coming into the situation last year, and through it all, everyone around him saying he's just a tremendous leader, tremendous presence in the locker room. So I think he has that component of being a quarterback down it's, it's the actual physical traits and, and skills mm. that he brings to the field that I'm more concerned about. But I, I truly believe because what he went through with Tua, what he went through last year with Carson Wentz, I, I really believe he is, he is mentally tough and handling this well. It, it's just a matter of if he's, if he's good at football.
1: Mm. And I, do you I think, think he is? Debo, who do you think is going to be the Eagles' week one starter? And do you want Sirianna to name Hurts the starter right now?
2: I don't mind him not naming him right now, but I absolutely believe Jalen Hurts will be the Week One starter and be the Week Eighteen starter.
0: Ooh. What um? Ooh. What uh? What would be your reaction to the Philadelphia Eagles trading for Deshaun Watson? Not a pleasant one. <laughs> so you would rather roll with Jalen Hurts and Deshaun Watson? One
2: hundred percent. And I think a majority of the fan base. Ooh. Shares that same sentiment. I think there's a lot of belief in, in Jalen Hurts. Interesting. People love his character and <laughs>
0: Deshaun Watson's character currently. Uh,
2: That's fair.
0: Being questioned. I'll my uh, twenty plus wet females. I mean, you know, right, women. right. I mean, um,
2: you all know, a uh, friend of the Maybe? podcast, uh, Bryant McFadden was at Eagles training camp last week, and I was kind of trying to. Get I mean, some I would say that Mac the-
0: is just a friend in real life, but yes, been <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, trying to get some details, and he's you know great leader, all that stuff, handling the team, but he's just like he loves the checkdown. He was checking down, which you know happens in, in training camp. So again, he's a little you know there's some selling to do in terms of the actual quarterback play where we had really high peaks last year and. And pretty poor performance where I I always say, you know, that game that Nate Sudfeld came in, Jalen Hurts absolutely deserved to be benched based on sure. how he was playing late in that game, throughout that game. So I'm not worried about his confidence. I'm not worried about him being distracted because of what he's been through. It's just the other parts of football.
0: Yeah, Uh
1: Interesting. Brenton, are you more likely to bet on the Eagles to win the division with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback or Deshaun Watson?
0: Uh, Deshaun Watson. Okay. If I were to offer you a prop right now, Deshaun Watson, I don't know why we're talking about Deshaun Watson, said Jalen Hurts. Deshaun Watson, minus 200. Yeah. Will Deshaun Watson be suspended by the NFL? And this includes Commissioner's Exemplist. Week one of the NFL season. Yes, minus 200. No, plus my 250. What would you bet on?
1: I would bet yes.
0: Okay. I think I would bet no. Because of the smoke that's coming out about Watson being traded from both sides of the thing and because the NFL has not yet used the commissioner's exempt list instead allowing him just to hang out at Texans training camp and be a defensive back. for. Well, what?
1: I think that here's one issue with Deshaun Watson being at training camp. And so as – Per NFL rules, every player has to be available for an interview at least once a week. Tom Brady's done Fridays uh, at training camp so far, you know, we... Training camp's only been going on for a little bit over a week, but at this point, we are a full weekend, so everybody should have been available for at least one interview. Sean Watson hasn't been available for an interview, so if you're going to be there, he needs to be following the protocol. So I don't know why mm-hmm. he hasn't been interviewed yet because you don't just to get you know, just because you have a legal situation hanging over your head doesn't mean you get excused from this stuff. Um, because if he's going to be there, I, I do think that you know, the media has a right to talk to him as per the NFL's rules. So, uh, well, I don't understand
0: why the Texans aren't telling like, look, dude, just go home. You, you don't need to be here.
1: Well, it does kind of feel like that's what they're telling him now. Like, hey, we're in full pads. We're not going to risk you getting injured. Bye.
0: Yeah, please. Kindly get lost.
1: Uh, Although I guess he is injured now. So maybe if you are, I think when you're injured, you don't have to talk to the media. So maybe that's their excuse.
0: Speaking of injured quarterbacks. Joe Burrow. Mm. Oh, oh, mm. I, it doesn't feel as fun doing a dunking on you about the Bengals with Wilson not here. <laughs> it feels a little more personal, a little less like. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I actually, you're not just
1: dunking you. on me. You're dunking on a guy who's coming off a torn ACL. Yeah, I
0: My was actually God, on the really uh, four for four uh, podcast with Connor Allen and 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 Ryan Noonan on um on. They did. A, we did a stream our a live stream streamer too on Wednesday night. Really good chat. Uh, but we were talking about Burrow. We did. We talked about the AFC North and and sort of brought this up. Um, we had uh, Paul Daner Jr., friend of the podcast, had, was gave a not so glowing report in the Athletic on the Athletic about uh, Joe Burrow, basically saying that he looked timid in muddled pockets. He wasn't stepping into a bunch of throws. He was all over the place. Uh, Tyler Boyd was asked about that. I think he looks good. Just watching him move around in the pocket. His pocket presence seems great. I think he's kind of a little iffy on his knee, but it's kind of hard to tell. I feel like he's ready to go, but I also think he doesn't want to do too much. Yikes. That's a teammate. Zach Taylor asked, said, you know, you'd like to be throwing touchdowns on every play right now, but we've got some progress to be made. But there's no cause for panic for any reason for that. we still got 39 days before our first game. We've got a lot of practices left to be had. I'm excited because we know we can continue to get better and be more detailed, and that's going to come. On a scale of 1 to 10, John Breach, what is your panic level about Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense?
1: Uh, I don't want to say I agree with Zach Taylor, but I do. My panic level is a 3. I am am mildly concerned. Before I tell you how concerned I am, I would like to shout out a listener, Jeremy Jackson, who tweeted to us Mm. that it is official. The Bengals have become the most hated team on the Pick 6 podcast. That is how often you and Wilson make fun of this team I the, one third of the people on this podcast uh, like the Bengals, and they're still the most hated team on the podcast. So think about that, Brinson. Do the math on that. I dare you to do the math. I don't do math. Um, that is true. That's why we write. Um, and do podcasts. That's right. So right <laughs> back to Joe Burrow. No, okay. I'm not concerned because the guy's coming off a torn ACL. He's not you're going to have that little uneasiness of uh, taking a hit to your leg. Obviously they're not going to touch Joe Burrow. There's no contact with him, but when you have a pass rush coming at you, there is that just queasiness in the back of your head that, Hey, I could get re-injured. And so you kind of, it's, it's very mental at this point and you have to get over that before you become the Joe Burrow you were last year. So you know, just because he's struggling in the first week of training camp, I don't think that's a big deal. If he's still struggling in two weeks, I'll probably start crying. Uh, But no, first week, not a big deal. Now, that being said, it does feel like the Bengals are, I don't want to say rushing him back because I know Burrow wants to be playing, but it seems like they are hell-bent on making sure he plays in week one. Just, you know, well, he... Let's, was that,
0: was, was, I didn't mean... Was not playing... I mean, not playing in week one would be a concern no no no
1: this i mean when we go back to march and april there was a question about whether he could play in week one and that i mean he only got injured in november so you're talking a nine-month rehab this is a short time right right so he's coming back quickly and so because he participated in minicamp in june it was all right burrow's good he's gonna be ready to go by week one he said at the end of minicamp that he was 85 percent uh, and now that he's in training camp, he's admitted that he's not still not quite 100%. So I do think he is a little bit worried about his knee right now. But again, if I'm the Bengals and my quarterback isn't mentally ready to play on the injured knee, like there's you don't have to rush him back. If something happened to Joe Burrow because he is hesitant with the ball in week one and Danielle Hunter bashes him and he gets injured again, you just look completely fired. Yeah, I, I mean, he should if that oh, happens. fired, right? I mean, and, and so it just seems like, you know, they're so intent on getting in the field in week one that he's out there, and you know, if he said I'm only ninety percent going into week one, I would be fine with him waiting till week two or three until he's one hundred percent. But again, just the first week of training camp, if he still, you know, has the yips in two weeks, then I think you actually think about not playing him
0: in week one. But right now, it's not a big deal. Mm. So you're a three, but you're thinking about not playing him in week one. That seems more like a six. I'm a three
1: with the caveat that if he is still struggling in two weeks, I am going to be times three
0: times ten. Nine point nine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So so what you are, you're a delusional three right now. <laughs> Self-deluding three. I like, I'm a three. I am wondering if he should even play in week one. Uh, you know, some of the feedback immediately, and this is not surprising at all, is like, "Whoa, you should have drafted Panay Sewell. I, s- stop with that. That, that is not – Panay Sewell isn't solving this.
1: Yeah, I can't believe that has been I mean, I a talking be point. I, I mean, I've seen that multiple times on Twitter. Joe Burrow's not being rushed. Nobody's touching him in training camp. Having an all – uh, 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 the top left tackle from college football in training camp over the past week would not have had any impact on whether he struggled or not running drills in 7-on-7 seven seven or 11-on-11 11 11 where the, the players aren't allowed to get within five feet of burrow. I mean, the defensive players are both basically social distancing from him. So uh, having Panay Sewell there this past week would not have changed anything.
0: Correct. That is that is an asinine take, if anybody... Now, if that's their take in week
1: three because burrow gets sacked eight times in each of the first three weeks that's fine but that's that's not a take that's not a good take right now
0: it's not it is not a good take all right uh let's move on to some quick news items yay and we start with uh, borderline emergency podcast worthy (laughs) news uh our man he's retiring from retiring Retiring from retirement, I guess. Al Riveron, who, uh, according to this podcast, has been setting up shop in the NFL offices with his feet up in the air, sipping a Mai Tai, you know, p- pressing random buttons to decide the outcome of games. Basically, the scapegoat for all the officiating problems over the past three years. That's Al Riveron. He is retiring, according to I, Tom Pelcero, Mike Garofalo, and Ian Rappaport, all, they all do a great job with their reporting. It's a little... it's a Sources say Al Riveron's retiring. Really? You work for the NFL? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, come on. What are we
1: doing? Yeah. You know who else reported that Al Riveron is retiring? CBSSports.com's Jonathan
0: Jones. Yeah, there you go. All right. Give JJ some love. I bet JJ. Uh, I didn't see, I guess I'm not on, I haven't been on Twitter. I just happened to see that alert pop up. This is the first
1: time Brenton has gone more than one hour with being on Twitter. Yeah. And it just happens to be the day um, JJ's got the news. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. I, I feel like... Uh, and J.J.
0: said can confirm Tom Pelliser's report to that game. If...
1: I think this is interesting just because of the timing. Like, do you want your vice president officiating announcing his retirement the day of the first preseason game? Like, isn't this something that he should have announced in June or July uh, and not in August? Um, yeah, but the, weird. the other part of this is that J.J., had reported a couple weeks ago, and, and it's now official, the NFL NFL is going to start using Hawkeye technology on replays. And if anybody has ever watched tennis, you know exactly what Hawkeye is. It is that awesome yeah. technology where the ball bounces on the court and it shows an animation of exactly where the ball bounced. And you can tell if it was in or out. Well, they're bringing that to the NFL this year. And so, you know, you don't need – uh, someone like Al Riveron necessarily up there in control of everything because you have the people running the Hawkeye technology. And then, according to JJ, you're gonna have uh, two guys who will be, I guess, the head of
0: officiating, co heads of officiating right now. Yeah, Walt Anderson, former NFL uh, official. And who else? Perry Fuel, I think. Perry Fuel, yes, Isn't that the uh, so sure, that's not the front man for Jane's addiction. <laughs>
1: So I do think, uh, yeah, so now you have two guys doing that job. Who knows? I don't know what their titles are, if they're going to be, you know, senior vice presidents of officiating. But the NFL is clearly trying to make this a more technologically based thing. And that's what, pe- you know, people want lasers in the football. So we know where the football is on first downs. Uh, well, this is the first step towards that. Uh,
0: I didn't realize that Perry Fuel had actually stepped into the officiating job. Cool. Um, Thanks, to- JJ. Uh, JJ again. Perry Farrell was the Jane's addiction front man. That's close. Yeah, very close. Every time I hear Perry Fuel, I definitely think of Jane's addiction, which I suppose speaks to my actual level of interest in professional football. Anyway, moving along, our Al River um, on gone, pour one out, pour out a Mai Tai, put on your slippers. Pina Colada. Yeah, put yeah, put on your slippers, put on your robe, pour a uh, pour a pour a pina colada out for
1: and I'm sad that Wilson wasn't here to give an our River on rant. Nobody yeah. had better
0: Al River on rants than Ryan Wilson. Uh, the poster boys for concerns about vaccinations as it relates to betting and fantasy. Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson returning to training camp. Do you, is it fair? You know, we're not going to, we're not diving in. Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson are back at training camp. That's the news. Uh, Matthew Stafford, my guy, actually I guess your guy, I'm on the, I'm on to the 49ers. You're still a, uh. You're still a, a a Rams guy, I guess. I'm Man, all Stav- on
1: the Rams, Prince. I knew you were going to jump off the bandwagon,
0: that's why I stayed on. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. There's no room for two. Um. By the way, Trey Lance. Oh my goodness. So tell me, I've never seen so much heat on a on a training camp run for a rookie quarterback. He is getting like, every day is Trey Lance day. That the the hype is out of control. But Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford had an injury scare, actually banged his thumb on a defensive player's helmet and had a swollen thumb, had it taped up during practice, and uh, so concerned of the Rams that they actually installed padded helmets on the defensive players to prevent Stafford from injuring his thumb further.
1: That's pretty hilarious. And you know what, though? The Rams, the day after this happened, the Rams wanted Stafford to sit out practice. They're like, hey, man, why don't you just let your thumb heal? You just had surgery on it back in April and Stafford was like, no, bro, I'm practicing. So he literally like shook off the medical staff, went out and practiced the next day. And because of that, I don't, you know, I don't think Stafford's gonna risk his health uh, in practice. So I think that this it, it could have been serious. Cause again, you bang your thumb on a helmet, you could break it, you could do something to a ligament. Uh, but I guess he got a small contusion and that was it. And so I, I think that, you know, they avoided. Worst case scenario, Stafford's already back out there. So I am still on the bandwagon, Brinson. Still on the bandwagon.
0: I'm still on the Rams bandwagon. I like the Rams a lot. I think they'll be very good.
1: You're going to get off at an early exit, like the divisional playoff exit. Where are you getting off?
0: I I think I'm going to just, I'm going to pick the 49ers to win the division.
1: That's crazy talk.
0: That's okay. Sorry. You don't have to be on board with it.
1: I'm not on board with it.
0: I I love Matthew Stafford. I don't know. Uh, Kenny Galladay suffered a serious leg injury right before a gigantic brawl broke out. We got a, a couple of giants items to hit on. Uh, by the way, I'm told that the brawl, not as big a deal um, as maybe it seemed. You know, we we hadn't had training camp, we hadn't had a training camp brawl in, in two years, really. So I think that it was like, oh, I'm trying to get a fight. And Daniel Jones was at the bottom of the pile and that sort of freaked people out. Joe Judge melted down, made everybody run. There was uh, tons of cussing you know this is just general joe judginess um and then by the way jason garrett told reporters on thursday to call him coach
1: that went i want you to call me coach no why not i want you i mean no why because you're not a coach i coach my daughter i coach i I coached a softball team in high school
0: i coach Okay, Coach I mean, Jason Garrett's been watching too much Ted Lasso, more than likely. Have you have you watched Ted Lasso? Yet? Well, that's
1: the thing is, I, people. It I doesn't was, seem like people aren't sure if he was joking or serious. No. And then my favorite thing is uh, Clarence Hill, you know, who covers the Cowboys. He makes sure to point out that everybody called Jason Garrett Jason in Dallas. So I don't know why this change of heart. I don't know if Joe Judge was he like be joking. He's got. I mean, that's what it feels like. But I don't know. Everybody seems to think he is not joking. They're gonna have to ask Jason Garrett, the Coach. Garrett, if he's joking or not.
0: Maybe. Uh, but so back to uh, back to the, the Kenny Galladay thing. Kenny Galladay suffered a leg injury. The, the Giants don't think it's serious. He was limping off as the brawl, right as the brawl is about to take place. Um, any concerns? Scale of one to ten. Concerns about uh, Kenny Galladay? Five. One mm-hmm.
1: of your big weapons. You want Daniel Jones to be good this year. And it's a hamstring injury. And, you know, and those are... You can aggravate them easily. They're saying he's going to be out two to three weeks. So you're looking at, uh, I mean, late August until he's back on the practice field. And that's assuming he doesn't aggravate it. Because if he goes out and does it again, you know, he misses the first couple weeks of the season. So I'm a little concerned for the Giants here. If your big, you know, free agent signing uh, already has a hamstring injury less than a week into training camp.
0: And he... um he was injured last year. Now, he was playing for a contract, so it's a little bit different. But he was injured last year and didn't rush back. Worth noting. Worth, definitely worth noting. I just, let's see how he responds to it. <laughs> All right. Finally, the Raiders signed Gerald McCoy. Big deal? No deal? Small deal? What do you think? Uh,
1: not a big deal. Low. what's what's a minuscule deal lower than a small deal. I'm going to go minuscule because I mean,
0: the problem is, is that it's a big enough deal because they need him. <laughs> like that's, that's the problem.
1: And if you're desperate enough to need Gerald McCoy, then he's completely
0: unsigned until August 5th. That's...
1: And I should say one, he's 33. Yeah. Two, he hasn't played an NFL game since 2019. Uh, So I'm not sure how much help he is going to be in Las
0: Vegas. Agreed. All right, not a big deal at all. Okay, that's it. That's it for the news podcast. Thanks for listening, Breach. Thanks for hanging out. We will be back. Uh, You can make sure you check out the Hall of Fame game recap podcast in the feed, and we'll be back on Monday with a mailbag. See you guys later. Have a good weekend.